Hello and welcome back to the Fantasy Injury Team Podcast, brought to you by Guys Trip. Are you planning a golf trip, bachelor party, sporting event trip, or just need a weekend getaway with the guys? Guys Trip plans your entire trip, and they'll save you up to 30% off retail pricing for rental homes, transportation, golf, nightlife, and so much more. Visit guystriplive.com and use the code FIT for an additional 10% off your fee today. Guys Trip just show up another week down ladies and gentlemen and another week unfortunately of some awful nfl injuries to dissect and discuss today tom christ the doctor of physical therapy we got to have this conversation man i've been thinking about it and, and this running back position in football and in fantasy football i'm i'm starting to wonder if he's even sustainable anymore at this point i mean we look at the list man it's it's sad it stinks it's hard for everybody J.K. Dobbins, just, uh, Jonathan Taylor, Saquon Barkley, Montgomery, Jamal Williams, Kenneth Gainwell, of course, Chubb, Eckler, Aaron Jones. What's your take on all this, Tom? Hello, and <laughs> and what's your take on all this stuff, man? Hey, how you doing? Um, my take is that this is a violent game that we love, a very, very violent game, and the running backs are the ones that take on a major brunt of the force because they're the ones with the ball the most that the defenders are trying to kill. It's really be you know the whole zero rb strategy i've never liked it until recently i think there's a lot of support behind that now with just really since that we've started diving into these injuries last season it's like holy moly these running backs just can't stay on the freaking field so i just think we're going to continue to see the receiver position become more and more valuable and a big reason of that is because of injuries I'm with that. And I think that goes not only for fantasy football, but for the NFL too, has become more of a pass happy league. I mean, it's, it's unfortunate, really unfortunate, but it's starting to make sense to me why these teams don't want to pay the running backs, the big bucks anymore. Like, of course, a great running back is dynamic and could change the entire game. And, and for everybody else out there, you got to be grateful for all those healthy running backs you have. If you, if you do have any left, but makes me think about that zero RB strategy, Tom, and maybe it's going to be, even more robust next season. We'll see. But lucky, good news for us is we do have Tom with us, and he's going to be able to talk us through the injury implications and the impacts and, and how they're going to affect your fantasy football team. So today's show, Tom, we got another good one. Injury updates. We got a, a special guest, Joe Delaire, on today to pop on for some sleeper picks. And I'll try to stay toasty, Tom. I'm 2-0. and going to go for 3-0 and this week. And uh, we got our Vampire Diaries, so a good show. So let's hit it, baby. It's our main segment here. So again, guys, this is data-driven information. As always, check out our site. Go to fantasyinjuryteam.com. Check out that injury list. Explore the data. And, and Tom, I've seen it. I've seen a lot of even experts and people that we've talked to across the industry using our data. And that's factual. Use it yourselves, guys. Go check it out. See the data on fantasyinjuryteam.com. And Tom published a great article as well with all these players. But let's chat about them. Starting with my boy, the New York Giants running back, Saquon Barkley, already ruled out. Today is Wednesday. You'll probably be hearing this on Thursday. So ruled out of today's game, right ankle sprain. What's going on with him, man? It's interesting because if you look at the video, it was it looked like a classic high ankle sprain. And that's what we all thought. And then we get these reports. I, th I think the wording was it's an ordinary ankle sprain or something absolutely not medical terminology. That was pretty <laughs> funny, actually. The doctor uh, said he's hurt, Tom. That's all he said. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he, got <laughs> he got a boo-boo. He got a boo-boo, yeah. 
So the the wording is telling us that it's it's a traditional lateral ankle sprain, which kind of crazy because it didn't look like that at all. But uh, sometimes you just don't know. He's not playing this week, so we'll have this conversation about him again next week. But originally they were saying like a two to three week type injury. So he, it'll be interesting to see if he's ready to go next week. I'm sure we'll start getting the reports. Oh, he's feeling a whole lot better, but that's who knows if, if that's actually true or if that's just coach speak to force their week four opponent to prepare for him. Um, if, if he does play next week, we see about an 11% decline in fantasy production in running backs after this injury, not enough to scare you off from starting Saquon Barkley, but the, uh, potential issue is that in the medical literature, we know that when an athlete's had an ankle sprain, they're at a 26% increase or they have a 26% chance of spraining it again. So definitely something that could linger season long, but hopefully they'll, they'll, let him rehab properly. And then when he comes back, I'm sure that sucker is going to be taped and braced really good. So not so much of a hindrance on his production when he plays, but possibly could lead to some more injuries down the road. All right. Well said, Tom, as always, we hope not to see that. And and maybe, I mean, of course the giants coaching staff (laughs) with game planning in mind for their opposition uh, saying he had a chance to play this week. There was no way he was playing this week, but maybe a little bit of extra rest for next week. We'll see, but he's the heart and soul, man, the heart and soul of the New York giants productive last week, man, 96 yards, two scores. The giants had it. Some of the boys were there, man. I wasn't there. I wish I was nice comeback last week for the giants in the desert. Um, now this week, guys, you got to take a look because I think there's people trying to get cute out there and, and play some of these Giants guys. Giants play the Niners, um, a great defense, a very strong team, especially against the run. They just held Najee Harris to 31 yards um, and Kyron Williams to 52 yards. So I, I don't even consider it, Tom. I know you're not considering it, but don't do it. Don't play. You know, I think we're going to see a healthy mix this week of probably Brita, maybe even some Gary Brightwell. You're going to have Danny Dimes dealing some goal line work. I mean, don't Tom, you're smiling. Please not don't tell in, me I'm not interested in either of those running backs at all, but just don't do it to yourselves. Like oh, you, I won't, you don't, you don't have to tell me I'm not doing right. that. Well, I got to tell the people out there that want to just throw one of these guys in there. Don't do it. And I honestly think the only person you could play on the Giants is probably Darren Waller at this point, and it's unfortunate. Maybe you get away with Danny Dimes, but don't lose your matchup on Thursday, guys. Wait for the better options over the weekend. Wait for Sunday's games, Monday's games. Wouldn't play any of these guys. Okay. Next guy, this is this is just crushing news for the fantasy community, for everybody, really, and it's the Nick Chubb injury. It looked terrible. Uh, I mean, the Steelers fans, I give them a lot of credit for the grace and the way that they handled it giving him a standing ovation, all that stuff. But it's a major knee injury. Definitely going to miss the rest of the season, Tom. Why don't you tell us a little more about Nick Chubb? We are still awaiting wording on what all was injured, but it looked really, really bad. Like We know there's a lot of structures in there that are injured. Reports today saying that he's probably going to need two separate surgeries with a, a time gap between each of them. This is not good at all. Um, and again, we don't know exactly what's injured, but it sounds like this is probably worse or or equal to, or worse than what Javante's was last season. Um, JK Dobbins a few years ago, and it sounds almost like it's on par with Chubb's injury from college, which was really, really bad. But again, we don't have the specifics yet, but what we need to consider is so with the injury, it's almost a guarantee the ACL is part of it. So if we follow our typical, 
you know, what predicts if a player can return from an ACL, it's one age, not in his favor anymore. He's 27, will be 28 next season. Two, number of structures involved. There's definitely a ton. So his rehab process is going to be very, very slow at first, especially if he needs two surgeries, because then you start the rehab after the first one. And, and I don't know what the breakdown of the surgeries would be. We, I'm sure we'll find out soon, but he'll do some period of rehab after the first one. And then he'll have more stuff repaired. So then the rehab kind of starts over at that point. So that's not in his favor at all. And that's also going to delay the timing of when the surgery occurred because that's when rehab really starts. That's when that timeline of I had surgery this day and there's X amount of weeks until week one. Um, so those three are really all not in his favor. And those are really, really big factors with being able to return from a significant knee injury. He'll be 28 next year. And we know that the data after these major knee injuries, not good for running backs. For ACL specifically, we see a 35% decline in their fantasy production in the first season back. And then, so pretty, pretty confidently say next year is not going to be great for him. Going into year two after this injury, he's 29 at that point. Running backs start to decline. Now, Nick Chubb, he's got some things going in his favor. One, we see how much he's squatted. Like Those legs are about as strong as they can get pre-injury and pre-surgery. So that will help to some degree. And by all reports, he's an incredibly hard worker, dedicated, dedicated person. So he's got that going for him as well, but definitely huge uphill battle for him to play at a high level again. Um, I, I'm, I'm not going to entirely count him out from coming back to playing the NFL, but I just, it's, it's, it's going to be very, very hard. If I had him in, any dynasty leagues, I would take whatever I can get for him at this point. It's heartbreaking, 100%. I mean, he was also this year's favorite to win the rushing title. I mean, he's a fan favorite. He's a good guy. People love him. But I, I'm worried just because of his age. Like, I would say if there was no injury here, Tom, he's got two, three solid years left, right? But this is going to put him, you know, way back, a bunch of steps back here. And like you said, man, going to be 29 before he's fully recovered again and and you know remains to be seen but if a guy could do it man he's done it before right what did he in 2015 right he had this this major you know some major procedures done there right yeah but keep in mind he was like 19 19 20 years old back then right which is a huge advantage over being 27 28 for sure now fantasy implication wise i mean this backfield becomes Interesting, I think. I mean, we got news Very today. I, I, I was sitting in class, got the news about uh, Kareem Hunt signing there. For me, I mean, this is an early take. We have to see. I think the guy I want, though, is Jerome Ford. I mean, they're top, they were dudes spending 150 of their $200 people spending all out. I don't think he's a league winner, Jerome Ford. He's the guy that I'm excited most about in this backfield, though. He was great, man. 106 yards, 16 carries, had three catches, 25 for a touchdown, only 24 years old. He's a 4-4-6-40 guy. He showed a little bit of burst last week. Um, showed really good. I don't know if you saw the game at all. He ran right, and there was some traffic there. Cuts back around, 69-yard run. Really showed some good vision there. Don't get it twisted. He's not Nick Chubb, of course, but I think he's the guy to own there. I mean, we might see a little bit of Pierre Strong on the goal line. And maybe he's – I don't even think he's worthy of a, of a bench stash. But definitely go check out, of course, Kareem Hunt and Jerome Ford. But Kareem Hunt, I mean, he knows the system well. Real quick, Tom, what do you think about him? I, th I think that he's washed just by looking at some of his statistics and how he did last year. But, I mean, he definitely shouldn't be on your waivers, guys. 
Yeah, no, I mean, he should be picked up for sure. I agree that Ford is going to be the guy. Um, I have Nick Chubb in my main league, and I, I don't know why, but a few years ago, somebody in the league complained that he was, like, too busy on Tuesdays to look at waivers. So we pushed our waiver day back to Thursday, and I'm set to spend, like, 70% of my fab on Jerome Ford. Uh, and by the time my league mates hear this, it'll have already gone. So I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> disclosing that but I, I i i have it set to send to spend 70 percent of my fab on a ford because i'm screwed like chubb was my guy yeah. and he's gone so i need a replacement um and i think based off what we've seen from ford at least the other day he can fill that role well enough that i think he's worth that 70 percent fab um if you're in a situation like me where you lost chubb if you didn't lose Chubb and you have two, three viable running backs, I wouldn't spend that much. Um, but yeah, I mean, Hunt's worth adding too. I wouldn't spend more than maybe 15, 20% on him though. He knows the system, but I just think he's past his prime. I mean, why, why did it take him till week three to get signed? Right. Last right, year, right. I looked this up too. I mean, Kareem Hunt last year, 41st in yards per carry. I think he's past his prime. He's 28 years old. I know people don't want to hear it because Kareem Hunt was such a staple in the fantasy community for all these years. But, um, you know, I wouldn't even start Hunt this week. Um, it's a wait and see for me. But I'm comfortable with Ford. Tom, I hope you get it with that 70%. I think he could perform as a mid-range RB too, man. You may want to bump, bump it to 72. You, you can never do like an even – well, that's percentage-wise, but – I actually thought about that because you're exactly right. Like people are going to be like, oh, I'm going to put an, an either like a, a number ending at zero or ending in five on it. So if you just go one more, you might be good. Yeah, but then they think about going one more. So you have to go two more. But Got then, it. Got it. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> the mind games I play at like 1 a.m. in my bed, try to pick people up. And then I, ch I change it six times. And then the next morning I spent like 50 on someone. And the next highest is like 31. I'm like, damn it. You know what? <laughs> Every single time it happens, but okay. I spent in, in one of my dynasty leagues, um, Herbert and Tannehill were my only quarterbacks, and Tannehill is going to lose his job soon. So really, I was looking at like Herbert's my only quarterback. And after week one, I spent like 20% of my fab on Zach Wilson just for depth, and nobody else bid on him. Wow. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> a, it happens every time. Every time it's, it's good for that. All right. Next up, man. So we wish the best, of course, to Nick Chubb and anybody that's injured. It, it's tough to – we try to be excited with our with our presentations because we love what we do, Tom, and this is so much fun. But when, when it's stuff like this, it's just – it sucks. And, of course, we wish him the best. But on to a new guy, Tom. So David Montgomery, thigh, he's day-to-day. -day. Gibbs seems healthy, by the way. I don't know if you want to touch on both of those guys, but it looks like Monty's legitimately questionable for this week. What do you think? Yes, it's being reported as a thigh bruise. Um any of the thigh, you typically the report is a thigh. They're referring to the quad could certainly be a groin or, or probably not a hamstring. So it reported as that. So if it is a quad muscle, which it most likely is, that's going to, it's super strong, powerful muscle that really powers us with running and especially with cutting. So for a running back, that's going to really impact their ability to do their thing. We see running backs average missing 1.9 games. That's what Montgomery's wording, it sounds like he'll fall into that range. He said he'll miss a couple weeks. And uh, when he does return, we see a decline of about 16% fantasy points in the first game back. And it'll be interesting to see if this allows Jameer Gibbs to take the driver's seat in this backfield. Because it's been mostly Montgomery through these first couple games, which is 
kind of expected. He's a proven veteran back, and they're still integrating Gibbs into the offense. But if Gibbs goes for like 20 carries, 130 yards, two scores, you think they're going to give the keys back to Montgomery? I don't know, man. I wouldn't. Heck no, man. I think it's Jimmy. I mean, it's 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 chalky. It's cliche. It's common. But I think this is the week, man. I think this is the big week for Jameer Gibbs. He's so good. Um, you know, I mean, they do have the, the Reynolds family, not family, but <laughs> they got Josh Reynolds. They got Craig Reynolds. You know, they see a little bit of a bump. Maybe Josh Reynolds, who had, he's been okay. Probably worth the bench staff, but or bench stash. But Tom, in reality, Gibbs, I think it's his time. Only nine touches in week one. We know that Campbell wanted to work him in. Uh, 14 touches last week and uh, showed off his receiving prowess a little bit. And again, like six or seven catches. Don't panic if you drafted him. It, it's Gibbs time, man. He's a high-end play this week, I think, in fantasy and in DFS. And uh, just a little side note from that team. Tom, again, with the call on some of these, I was going to say freshmen, <laughs> some rookie uh, tight ends. Sam Laporta looking the part here, man. Don't Make sure he's not out there on waivers, guys, because we'll talk about Amon Ra in a little bit. He's a little bit banged up. David Montgomery hurt. Sam Laporta, man, caught five or six targets for 63 last week, so it looked pretty good. But, again, with this backfield, you got Gibbs. You, of course, you play him with confidence. I'm going to probably put in a couple of bets on him. We'll talk about that later, possibly. But he seems to be the guy. Next up, uh, we go over to Jamal Williams, hamstring, and reportedly, Tom, he's going to miss some time. How much time, and what are your thoughts on, on Jamal Williams? Well, we'll see how much time it's sounding like a few weeks at least, though. And we know with these hamstring injuries, the recurrence rate way, way, way high. Not as bad in running backs as it is in receivers, like we've talked about on the show last time. The hamstring gets stressed at top end sprint speed, which the running backs typically just don't have the space to get up to, which is why we, but the receivers do, which is why we see them more impacted. But Jamal Williams definitely will be out this week, maybe a couple weeks. And that's interesting because his counterpart, Kendra Miller, who missed the first two weeks with a hamstring injury, full practice today. This is a guy who is very productive in college, profiles as as a running back that can be a legit playmaker in this league, and um, very well may see the bulk of the carries. I know Tony Jones Jr. is there as well, scored a couple times the other night, but we've seen him in the league for a few years. He's not special. He's a solid fill-in player for 8, 10 touches a game where Kendra Miller has the potential to be like a big-time playmaker. I don't love that Miller has dealt with multiple injuries in just this three weeks into his career. I mean, we know the MCL in college to, to end his college career. We know he had a, a groin injury earlier this season and then the hamstring injury. I don't love starting your career like that, but very young, so – that's in his favor for healing and very talented. I'm actually thinking about starting him in my league that I just, uh, it's crazy. My, what are your other I, options? Can I finish Joe? You didn't let this me is, finish. Actually, you did let me finish last week. You, and we're shot away. Go ahead, Tom. This is my <laughs> league where I just lost Nick Chubb. So if I don't, if, if 70% of fab isn't enough to get drone Ford, I'm starting Kendra Miller. I wish you luck. I mean, it could be an upside play. I do think, again, Tony Jones Jr. will play a role. I Probably more design runs for Taysom Hill like last week. They're going to draw up some stuff for him. But, again, you got Kamara coming back next week, so this is a good opportunity. It's not make or break for Kendra Miller, but I think it's a good opportunity. I wouldn't start Tony Jones probably, even though he did get the bulk of the work, but 
12 carries, Tom, like you said, measly 34 yards. Maybe Kendra Miller proves it this week, Tom. We shall see. I wish you luck. I've also got Kyle Pitts on that team, so maybe I pick up Taysom Hill and start him at tight end. Maybe you just pay the commissioner and attire for the season. I'm the commissioner. Okay, so just <laughs> shut it shut it down, Tom, and tank. Well, it's not one of those uh, – it's not Dynasty, right, or whatever where you get the, the picks. <laughs> Correct. Okay. Well, just tank anyway. <laughs> yeah. This uh, this season's not off to a great start for me. I but know. you know what? We're going to turn it around. I love that. Lo- love the positivity, Tom. All right. Give us some positivity for Jalen Waddle. Concussion protocol. I mean, I'm sure there's not too much in- involved here just going through the protocol, but what do you got on Jalen Waddle? That's exactly it. And he did not practice today, so that's going to make it pretty challenging for him to get through the protocol by Sunday. Uh, we'll see how he does tomorrow, but at this point, I would not bank on him being available Sunday. All right, Dolphins still uh, still might be the best man. They're gonna be they're gonna be a legit. They already are. They are legitimate. They're a track team. They're fun to watch. Explosive, dynamic. We'll see if Waddle's in. If not, it's definitely just a bump to Hill and some of those other playmakers there. On to Austin Eckler, ankle injury, and I'm seeing no timetable. Tom, that's what Staley's saying is. He was out today, I think. Tell us a little more about Eckler, what's going on with him. Yes, so they still they never specified the ankle injury, but if you watch the video, it's very, very much like a high ankle sprain, and that's where some of the lack of clarity will come in because high ankle sprains are less predictable from a healing standpoint because with them, depending on how severe it is, you may get the separation of the tibia and the fibula bones from each other, which leads to some instability in the ankle. So now when you go to push off, imagine you're pushing off on grass or turf. You've got a nice stable base, stable surface to push off of. Well, imagine you're trying to cut on sand. It's just not as stable. So that's probably why there's some uncertainty because they just aren't able to accurately predict how long it's going to take to heal because of the stability issue. Um, Whenever he does return to playing, somehow our data shows no decline in fantasy production for running backs, but I think that's more coincidence rather than correlation. So I I, I believe it would be more reasonable to expect a little bit of a, a dip in his production in his first game or two back. But a player like Eckler who can touch the ball so many ways, get in the end zone so much, Whenever he does play, you're still going to start him. It's just going to be difficult to know exactly when he returns because of kind of the vagueness of his injury. But at this point, it does not look good for this week. All right. Well said, as always. I mean, you got your Chargers who just we talked about them and, and how they're always on red zone in these close games. They just continue to find ways to lose, man. And Joshua Kelly was a guy who a lot of us thought would be okay in his uh, in the absence of Eckler. He was pretty disappointing last week. Only 39 rushing yards. It's another annoying backfield, Tom. It's it's crazy. When one guy goes down, it's not as simple as, you know, put in the next guy. And I thought it would be like that with Joshua Kelly, but you had Elijah Dotson getting four carries, Spiller having a carry. I mean, this week's game should be fun, though. It's Chargers-Vikings uh, Sunday game. There's going to be 100 points in that game. And just another question about this offense, because the backfield's certainly muddy with that Eckler. What do you think about Quentin Johnston, Tom, quick? Because I-, I drafted him in two or three leagues, and I liked him. I know it's a waiting game, and we got to be patient, but two games, three total catches for 16 yards. Is he even worth a roster spot anymore? I think he's going to be later. I, the, we should 
should not have expected him to do much early behind Mike Williams and Keenan Allen, who are proven veterans that Herbert has a tremendous rapport with. And even Palmer has been okay, and Herbert likes him as well. So I don't know that we were expecting a whole lot early in the season from him, but he's super talented, so I do think it's coming. I wasn't expecting a lot, but I wasn't expecting three catches for 16 yards. <laughs> I wanted a little bit more. I just needed a little push to keep him on my team because I want to release him, but it's all about patience, especially with these rookies and could be a second half guy. How about Brandon Cooks? Knee, but it looks like he's expected to play. Tell us a little bit more about the Dallas Cowboys wide receiver. Missed last week with the MCL that we knew all along was pretty minor, but just wasn't able to to get it together for last week. With MCLs can swell quite a bit and lead to some stiffness. So if they're swelling and, and not full range of motion, it's going to make it very hard to play football. It looks like he's going to play this week, but we see a pretty significant decline in fantasy production and in snap rate for receivers when they return from a MCL over a 55-0% decline in fantasy production, 29% decline in snap rate in their first game back. I'm not starting him this week. I don't think I even would have started him just by looking at his numbers if he was healthy, but that's 50, Tom, 50%. Holy moly. That is a big decline. And I don't think I, I would start really any of their receiving options if, except, of course, C.D. Lamb. He ate it up last week, Tom. C.D. Lamb, 11 catches, 143 yards. Their next leading wide receiver, was Jalen Tolbert with a uh, whopping 17 yards. Like, it's it's wow. not great there, but it's just that their defense is tremendous. We'll talk about Pollard a little bit later, but I was pretty excited about Cooks, but now what worries me just about him even going forward, let's talk about Cooks' future, even after we go past this 50% decline and hopefully he starts to get healthy, I just don't think that they're going to need as much offense. Like, their defense is... It's disgusting. It's unreal. Like if they keep shutting teams down and grabbing a score, defensive special teams, like I don't even know if there's enough offense to go around outside of Pollard and outside of CeeDee Lamb. Like I was excited about Cooks, but looking at their defense, man, they are something special. And it doesn't bode well for the NFC East <laughs> or for really anybody. Yeah, that's a good point. I mean, if you're up by 30, you're not going to throw so much. You're just going to run out the clock. So yeah, I, I I wonder if the days of Brandon Cooks being a, a reliable, going to finish between wide receiver and 10 and 15 every single year or, or whatever, wherever he fell for all those years, yeah. those days are probably over. I think he's probably more of a nice to have on your NFL roster, but not super relevant for your fantasy roster. Yeah, bring a little experience. And I thought I was getting him at a discount this year. He was going off the board, wide receiver, you know, 40s or 50. I was like, you know what? If he finishes in 30 as a wide receiver too for Dallas, but I just don't know. We'll see. I just don't know if there's enough offense to go around because they don't need it right now. We'll see if that changes. Speaking of change, hopefully things change, Tom, for the Bengals and for Joe Burrow. It has been rough out there, man. I mean, T. Higgins totally shut down week one. Did great last week. Jamar Chase hasn't done much, but... Let's talk about Joey B, Joe Cool here. Uh, calf injury. Again, another guy that seems truly questionable. Talk to us about Joe Burrow. This is a re-aggravation of his calf injury from camp. So right there, that's not good. Um, we don't like to see the same injury getting injured again because now that whole healing process restarts. So he's definitely going to be at an elevated risk to injure it again if he plays this week. Uh, probably some decline in, in the strength and force output of that muscle as well. And we need to remember the throwing mechanics. This is right calf, right-handed quarterback. All the power for his throw starts from the ground 
then goes up. So he's pushing violently off of that right foot, including that right calf, to create power for his throw. So I'm wondering if maybe this is why he's struggled this year. I mean, he's the quarterback 32 right now. <laughs> That's Only through two weeks. But no, especially after that contract, it's so unexpected. And we're overreacting through two weeks, but yes, they have been but... they have been bad. Oh, and two to start for the first two years in a row. Like, what's one to ten, Tom? What's your? I'll give mine too. I haven't even thought about this answer. But what's your level of concern just with this team as a whole with the Bengals? One to ten, ten being like I'm real worried. It's not that high. It's like a two or a three. I do believe that they will get it together. They're too good, and they've been playing together for too long. Yeah, for this to happen. I and I, I think Burrow will. I still think he will be okay, but I. I'm starting to turn towards let's take him out of our fantasy lineups for a few weeks, go pick up Jordan Love, who's been playing really well. Or for this week, since Burrow actually plays Monday, you can pick up Baker, who plays the Eagles, who, yes, very good defense, but you can throw on them. And Baker's got Mike Evans and Chris Godwin. They're probably going to be playing from behind because the Eagles are – really good team (laughs) and that way you'll be able to pivot day of if because since they both play monday night burrow and and baker we got two monday night games again so to me that's the move if or you could just go ahead and pick up jordan love and start him but do not drop joe burrow because he will get it together i'm i'm wondering if some of his struggles have been because he's not over that calf injury yet and I wonder if they shut him down for a few weeks, not not IR or anything like that. They'll just let him really get right before they put him back in. Could definitely be that it's it's not 100%. I didn't even realize I knew it was a calf injury. I didn't even realize it was the same exact one as the one in the preseason. So that, that's tough. That's something that we have to keep an eye on. I'm worried about them, but I think that they'll they'll start to figure it out. They they got to get a couple wins. They can't go to 0-3, 0-4, though, and then Joe Burrow comes back. It's got to be perfect, but... We'll see how they do. Two more guys left to talk about here, Tom, or three more guys, I believe, to talk about. Uh, Anthony Richardson is our next guy up here. Um, concussion protocol, he's been awesome so far, but what do you have on Richardson? So he's also got a concussion, and he did not practice today. Again, just like Waddle, it's going to be hard for him to get through the protocol to be ready by Sunday, and I think we got to – Start making other plans. Um, again, if he's the only quarterback on your roster, you're looking at guys like Jordan Love, Baker Mayfield. Probably wouldn't pick up Gardner and start him if, if he plays instead of Richardson. I just don't know that. I love Gardner, but I don't know that they've got enough <laughs> weapons there for him to be relevant. So definitely be preparing to make alternative plans. Well said. I mean, right now, man, he's quarterback seven already as a rookie, which is awesome. And it's that rushing floor, man. That's what it's all about. It's what we haven't seen this year so far from Lamar Jackson and Justin Fields. That's what usually drives these guys. But Richardson's a rookie, and he's, he's still diving all over the place. I think he ran in two last week. And if you draft a Richardson and you got another stud quarterback on your team, you could hold on to him, yeah, but you might be able to turn him or turn – another quarterback into something good into a wide receiver or running back or something, go trade for the guy or with the guy that has Joe Burrow, right? Like think about it like that. Find a guy that needs a quarterback and uh, Richardson, Richardson could be either your starter or a guy that you put on the trade block. 
Two more, Tom. We have Brandon Ayuk, who is, he's also been excellent, but he is dealing with a shoulder injury. Another guy that looks the part, and and I love Ayuk. He's a student of the game. They always talk about how he always wants to improve. He's reading. He's putting in the extra work, and that Niners team overall looks hard to beat. But are they going to be with or without Ayuk this week? What do you think, man? Well, we'll figure that out later in the week. But the good news is he had a CT scan that ruled out a collarbone fracture. Now, they haven't said exactly what his shoulder injury is, but if they're looking at the clavicle or the collarbone, it's that's, you know, likely he's dealing with an AC joint injury because that's kind of what it looked like, but also the AC acromioclavicular, so the clavicle becomes part of the AC joint. Uh, definitely going to be a little bit of an elevated re-injury risk if he gets hit the wrong way, lands the wrong way. Um, and with AC joint injuries, we do see a dip of about 33% fantasy production receivers in their first game back. I attribute that more to the decline of about 10 to 15% in their snap rate because obviously if you're not on the field, you can't as much, you can't score points, but this is an upper body injury. So it's not going to affect his ability to run, jump, cut, get open, do athletic things. And they're not going to put him on the field if his arms can't move enough to catch the ball above his head. So I believe that that decline in production is more due to decline in snaps, which makes sense. But still, he's been playing really, really well. I think he, if you need to, if he plays, first of all, if you need to start him, you could consider that, even though understanding he's probably going to, not play as much and maybe not get as many points. So we just kind of need to look at your roster construction. If you're a little weak at receiver, you could still go ahead and play him. If you've got suitable replacements, you may consider that. Sounds good. Love Ayuk. He is a phenomenal talent. Again, keeps getting better. And uh, the Niners are going to be tough to beat. All right, Tom, one more guy. It is the Sun God, Amon Ross St. Brown, with a toe injury. And I think he's labeled day-to-day. Has he practiced? I haven't even seen that report, Tom. I'm on Rob. What do you got? Minor toe injury. It's not expected to be be much. With these toe injuries, they certainly can be debilitating, linger, re-aggravate, impact production. When when we run, the toe needs to extend upwards to about 90 degrees. So if there's an injury there, that's going to be painful and limited, and the athlete's not going to want to push off that toe as hard, which is going to make them slower, make them more hesitant, make them less powerful. When it's a very minor injury, like it sounds like Amon Raz is, it's usually not going to affect them too much because maybe there's a little bit of swelling that's causing some of the pain. But once you get warmed up, the blood flowing kind of pumps out some of that swelling, and they usually do just fine. It's more the grade two, grade three toe injuries that can really impact production. Doesn't sound like that's the case with him. Plus, he's more of a possession receiver, so he's not burning you down the field like Tyreek Hill would be. He's getting open in the middle of the field, making the tough catches, and then, I mean, his run after the catch is tremendous, obviously. I don't think this is going to hurt him really at all. He's such a target monster. Goff loves him. If he's playing, which it sounds like he will, you're starting him. Right. And even if it's 85% of himself or 90%, that's still Still really freaking good. It's still probably a wide receiver one, and he is a target monster. He's on his way to another huge season. Good for him. All right, so that does it for our, not our major injuries, but the guys we're going to talk in detail about. Tom, there's a couple more guys, if if you wanted to talk about them, just guys that we're monitoring and guys that Tom always mentioned in, in his article. We're looking at Christian Watson. 
Isaiah Pacheco popped up today with a hamstring and Aaron Jones and a couple other guys. Tom, what do you got on, on the rest of the players here? Yeah, so anybody that we didn't touch on here is on my article on the fantasyinjuryteam.com. You can check them out there. You can also tweet at me at fantasyinjuryt with any questions. But just to hit on some of the guys you just talked about there, Aaron Jones still not practicing, so we'll keep an eye on him. I'll definitely be putting out updates throughout the week. If he does play, and he's dealing with a hamstring injury, if he does play, we actually don't see any decline in production for running backs when they return. He's a Really, really good player. So if he suits up, you play him. Christian Watson, also hamstring limited in practice. He's more of a speed receiver burner. So he is more likely to be impacted by this injury because we know the hamstring gets most stressed at those top end speeds. This And he's already injured this hamstring in his career. So elevated re-injury risk and about a 10% decline in fantasy production and 15% decline in snap rate is seen in receivers. Um, but again, anybody that we missed, just check out the, uh, the report on fantasyinjuryteam.com. Tweet Tom your questions. Uh, make fun of his, I don't know if you're watching on YouTube, make fun of his face, make fun of <laughs> whatever you want to do out there. But yeah, Tom is, Tom is a, a valuable resource for us. And Tom, as we transition, and thank you as always for that awesome information, as we transition to our next segment here, we're bringing in the big dogs. We're bringing in our boy. It is, uh, you know, Tom, I think I'm 2-0 so far, and you're 1-1 on our picks, and I think we've made some pretty decent picks, but we're digging deep in the bag here. We're bringing in the expert. It's our really good friend, Joe Delera. You guys could follow him at Joe Delera, D-E-L-L-E-R-A on X. I usually just say Twitter, but we are we are X now. He is, uh, <laughs> welcome, Joe. He's the host of the Cash That podcast and Player Props. He, he does that for the Action Network, and, Another awesome podcast, guys. If you want picks, if you like money, which I'm going AC on Saturday, I could probably use some money. Joe, hook me up here. But wherever uh, you find your podcast, Apple, Spotify, Joe, welcome. That was quite an introduction for you. Thanks for coming on, man. Hey, thanks for having me, guys. Hope you guys are doing all right. We're all good. We're hanging in there. My dog just started barking. She's excited that you're on the show, Joe. Uh, hey, <laughs> let's go dogs, you know? <laughs> <laughs> That's right. So we're going to give a couple picks. Joe, we'll let you go first, and then me and Tom will give our picks, but... Just a reminder for you guys out there, we're teaming up with Sleeper. Uh, you guys can go to sleeper.com slash promo slash fit. They will give you a free, speaking of free money, they will give you a free $100 match. Sleeper.com slash promo slash fit. Joe, how many picks you got for us today? What are we doing? We got, we got, we went a little crazy. We got four. So we got one for the Thursday night game because, you know, we got to get you guys some early action. And then we got three for, for Sunday. So uh, I'll hit you guys with the first one. It is a weird prop. It is Jacob Moody over two and a half extra points made for the 49ers. Oh goodness. He picks Look. a kicker. <laughs> this guy. Do kickers even get hurt? Like, you know, so <laughs> yeah, they don't come on our show very often, Tom. It's true. This oh guy, Joe, goodness. I'm going to let you have the stage here. Hey. Joe, Joe Delera is money on this, but you're going to have to convince us to, to bet a, a kicker prop. What do you got? So look, the way that I see this is the 49ers are obviously huge favorites on Thursday night. They're 10 point favorites over the New York Giants. The 49ers team total for the game is 27 and a half. So you're kind of the, the line's kind of implying that the 49ers are going to score at least three touchdowns the way that this is kind of looking and the way that his line is set up. Um, their their team prop for for touchdowns is over Three, it's over three and a half. So you're kind of getting a little bit of an edge here, I think, by just taking the kicker. Um, as in, like, there's a little bit of variance. Obviously, he could miss or they could go for two. But I think that given the fact that they should be winning, they should be leading this game. 
the Giants without Barkley. I think they're going to really kind of struggle to contain this 49ers offensive attack. The two and a half extra points is a different way to kind of back the 49ers in a way and expect them to score while, you know, not necessarily going to the 27 and a half and expecting basically four touchdowns instead. So this is looking for three. And I think this is a better way to attack the 49ers as a whole. Joe, you must be a lawyer or something, because man, could you you could you could speak. That was lovely. All right. Yeah. And he's my kicker in a couple of my leagues, the kicker in my vampire league. He's been excellent as well. Yeah, two and oh two for two on this line so far this season, too. <laughs> oh, this is just one that we're peppering. All right. Yeah. So Wait, you've, uh, you've you've taken this kicker prop before already? Yeah, the kicker oh, props are kind goodness. of fun. They're like it's a weird market. People don't people literally don't think about betting on the kickers because they're just like, why do we even have kickers? But I think it's just a different way that you can back some of these guys, some of these teams, uh, in mm-hmm. a little bit more nuanced way to you know back their offense because like the 49ers are gonna be up probably kind of big. Why are they gonna necessarily be going for two at any point? Or, you know, and then at that point it's like are, do kickers really miss extra points anymore? It's still, you know, like you're still looking at like 90%. So you're able to kind of get it on a better line, in my opinion. Uh, consider me convinced. So Thursday night action, I got some, some action for that game. Um, <laughs> I was going to say, give us some, I'm not going to say real bets because of course that kicker one is real, but how about maybe something we could relate to a little more. Something yeah. So the rest of mine are all seen. quarterbacks. The rest <laughs> of them are all quarterbacks. Oh, okay. So I'm looking at, uh, I'm looking at Tua Tagovailoa over 264 and a half passing yards. Part of why I like this one is uh, when we look at Denver, Denver so far is 30th in defensive DVOA in both overall defense and in pass defense. So outside of the concussion game that Tua had, he's 10 for 14 on the over of that with McDaniels at the offensive helm, and he's averaging 296.6. So I think that this is just like a little bit of a low line. Uh, All the trends, too, like when you're looking at betting against the spread, they kind of back Denver. So Denver, they open as a seven-point dog. They're even bet down to a six-point dog at this point. So what the line is kind of suggesting is that it should be like either relatively close or maybe you had a backdoor cover, but there should be just enough there to keep Tua throwing throughout the game and, you know, kind of trusting this his arm against this relatively poor Denver defense, uh, especially against the air. So I like Tua to go over the two sixty four and a half. I like it. He's looked right. good. I mean, I've worried all year that he's going to go out with an injury and side note about him. One of my coworkers is a Dolphins fan. And he said that Tua offseason took jujitsu and all these other classes to learn how to fall properly because yeah. he had a heart. Like I learned that recently. I was like, wow, okay, maybe I shouldn't have faded in this year because <laughs> he looks pretty good, man. But all right, Tua over 264 and a half, book it. Yeah, and then uh, we'll, we'll stay in that same game too. So one of the props that I like is Russell Wilson over 16 and a half rushing yards. Um, he's actually gone over this in 65% of games over the last two years. Last game, he had 56 Um, I think that Miami could cause enough like kind of troubles for him to start running the ball. You know, if he's got a scramble or something like that, Uh, he's close to this line. So there's a lot of times where he's like real, the margins are thin, but he's averaging 19.6 over the past two years. uh, And he's averaging 23.8 over his last five games. So I like him to go over the 16 and a half kind of expecting him to try to create some offense. Denver's in an 0-2 hole. I think that he'll try to scramble, make sure that they don't go down on the season 0-3. So if you wanted to kind of play those in the same game, that's a way to do that too. I wonder if you could, I don't know if they let you parlay the props that are in the same game. Probably not, right? Two I, I, it looks like you can because I put the four of these together and it was $100 to win nine fourteen. 
So oh, throwing a hundy on this. Oh my. <laughs> well, if, you, if you do that, that's you know, that's but it's paying nine point one four times. So okay. And then, and then a, uh go that's ahead. a that uh, no now now I'm starting to think about it. You're really, talk dirty to me, Joe. Not hundred to win nine <laughs> and guys, listen, we're not telling you to do that with your free hundred from uh from sleeper, but <laughs> Hey, we will, be, we will be celebrating next week of all four of these. Hey, give us that fourth one, Joe. All right. And the last one, this last one is a little gross, but it's one that I love. And it's Jordan Love over uh, a half an interception. So I want him to throw one interception. Oh. Part of why I like this is if we look at him so far, right? He hasn't really thrown any picks, but the Saints are fourth in DVOA and the th- and the third in defensive pass DVOA. Love has thrown an interception in 12 of his last 17 starts, like as a person. So like dating back to college, et cetera. So 12 for 17 against the Saints, who kind of run like a lot of chaotic defensive schemes. They put a lot of pressure on the quarterback. They create like confusion. I think this is a much tougher matchup for Jordan Love so far throughout his career. You know, he played the Falcons. He played, uh, who did they play in week one? Um, they played, what, Chicago. So like neither of those teams have great defense defenses right so especially well let's not even get into chicago's defense right now but (laughs) but besides that uh i think this is a much tougher matchup it's a step up in class for him and i think that there's a pretty good chance that he's going to throw over like over one interception here and if you have alt lines available to you you can get two at plus 425 as well like if you want to kind of sprinkle on those plus numbers there Ah, a little sprinkling. Tom yeah. was just talking about how he loves Jordan Love, but I think, you know, we had uh, Tano Passano from the Saints actually on our show, and, and I followed the Saints defense closely, and they are good. They're sneakily yeah. good. They can, they might be able to force that mistake. So, Tom, are you convinced? Are you uh, you going you gonna to put the mortgage on this? What are we doing with this? Uh, with I, I, I'm actually going to go withdraw my 401k and put all that down no (laughs) only on the kicker prop only on the movie kickers only no i will not do that but i actually i really do like all those picks and and joe you really must be a lawyer because you sold them all very well hey we do what we can man so at least my jury's only two people right now (laughs) that's very true (laughs) well you got two yes votes for us joe and uh thank you so much for that and me and Tom will try to top that. I don't know if it's going to happen, but I'm going to give my pick, and Tom, you give yours. But just to recap Joe's picks, we got Jake Moody. Just get uh, over two and a half, right, Joe? That's the line, two yeah. and a half extra points. Yeah. Tua over, Tua over, 264 and a half pass yards. Russell Wilson over 16 and a half rush yards. And Jordan Love to throw an interception with some possible sprinkles of a two interception game for 425. All right, Joe. So once again, that's Joe Delaire, guys, host of the Cash That Podcast. Give him a follow. Go check them out wherever you guys do your podcasts. So far, Tom, I'm 2-0. Uh, you know, toot my own horn a little bit here. Week one gave you guys Keenan Allen. That hit. Last week, Tom, you doubted me. You gave me a stink face. You told me how bad my pick was. Rashad White over 56 and a half yards. He's, he's still not good. I know he's not good, but he had, <laughs> 70, but he had 73 yards. So 2-0. This week, I give you the line's a little bit high here. But jump all over this, guys. It's easy money. Tony Pollard, man. Tom, you know how much I adore him. I love oh, him. We, this is a this is a Tony Pollard podcast. It's a, the the Tony the official Tony Pollard podcast. His rush line this week, guys, is 74 and a half. Listen, this year so far, he has been close to breaking one. We know how good he is, how explosive he is, his vision, his hands, all that stuff. First week he was 14 for 70. And last week, 25. Yes, 25 carries. Only 72 yards. He hasn't been exactly efficient, 
but we know the type of player that Tony Pollard is, right? And last week, right, Tony Pollard, why did he get 25 carries? Well, because they played the Jets and they were winning, and that's what's going to happen this week too. The Cowboys might win by 20 this week. They're 11.5-point favorites against the Cards. We talked about how good the Cowboys' defense is. They're for real. Cowboys are going to be up in this game. He doesn't even need 25 carries. Give him 20 carries. Give him 21 carries, 22 carries, whatever. His career average, guys, 5.0 yards per carry, right? 20 yards or 20 carries times 5 yards a carry. Puts him around 100 yards, right? I think that's easy, easy over 74 and a half. It's not as crazy and fun as a kicker prop, but Tony Pollard over 74, 75 and a half yards. Lock it in, baby. What do you got, Tom? No stink face from you. I think you like that one this week. Oh, I'm I'm totally fine with that one. My only concern would be if they get up big and he doesn't even play in the second half. But yes, legitimate concern. They're up yeah. by five, four touchdowns in the fourth quarter, and he's pulled. But I think yeah. he does the damage before that. But he, he very he might be the reason they're up. <laughs> Could be. So mine is a little less logical, more coin flip, but more just because Sleeper's offering a 4.24 times multiplier on this one. And it's for Kareem Hunt to just score a touchdown. That's all oh. he's got to do. Doesn't, doesn't have to do anything else. Just fall in the end zone. It can happen at any time. He can run it. He can catch it. He can play defense and get an interception. It doesn't matter. He just needs to score a touchdown. And it's a 4.24 times multiplier. I mean, if he was somebody that had never played for them, I I mean, it still wouldn't be a bad bet because he's just got to get in the end zone. But he's played for them for three or four years. He knows the team. He knows the system, which tells me that, yes, yeah, and I just said a few minutes ago how I spent 70% of my fab on Jerome Ford because I do think that Jerome Ford is going to be the lead back here. But all Kareem Hunt needs to do is get 10 touches, and one of them could find the end zone, and you're getting 4.24 times payout. So that would be basically like plus 420, right? That's what that is. They do it a little bit different than some. Yeah, so four yes. times payout. I mean, I'm having visions of Scott Hansen, and we go over to the clip, and look who it, he's going to look who it is. Kareem Hunt just, okay. I'm glad you said it like that because I'm, literally every week when I'm setting my lineup, I'm like, wait, if I don't start this guy, Scott Hansen's going to do exactly what you just did. It's going to be a cutaway to Scott Hansen saying, oh, look at Jordan Addison, rookie, catching a 60-yard touchdown. Yep. I'm like, oh, God damn it, I benched him this week. And his like exciting, not high-pitched voice, but that guy, Scott Hansen, that guy's He's got a best. job. He's electric. He's <laughs> really the is. best. All right, so those are our picks. And uh, again, guys, go over to Sleeper, check it out. You guys can get that match by using the promo code FIT and – Joe, thank you again for your picks. And if you want to hang around, feel free. We've got one more quick segment here. No, thanks, guys. It was a pleasure being on here, and I appreciate the time. Always, man. We'll see Love you soon. Love both your picks, we'll by the way. Those are both fun. Oh, thank you. Not, as, like fun as, not fun as fun as your picks. Not as, not as fun as kickers. Hey, nothing like a nice kicker. <laughs> later, all, guys. See you later, Joe. Thank you so much. And Joe's the best. He's a really good friend of ours, and, and he works really hard. His content is awesome, and he gave us, Tom, something to do on this Thursday night game. And now I'm going to wake up tomorrow morning and start thinking about kickers. <laughs> it's going to be great. Tom, before our next segment, we are thrilled, guys. And I love SeatGeek. We are thrilled to be partnering with SeatGeek. You guys can go listen. You could see your favorite teams. Tom could see the birds. I could see my giants. Or you can go see a concert. I don't even know what Tom listens to. I listen to country music. Go on SeatGeek, guys. It's literally a free $20 off your purchase if you use our promo code. It's one word, injury fantasy. 
Once again, go on SeatGeek. We're partnered with them now, which is awesome. Shout out to them. Use the promo code, one word, injury fantasy. You get 20, up, 20 bucks off your purchase. All right, Tom. I didn't even tell you this. We did it. The Vampire League. We got we won? a win last week. We did it. Oh, with and a, only in week two? In week two with the starting wow. lineup of Tua. Zach Moss gave me 18. Kyron Williams, 25. Nico Collins, 24. I just had to start Zig Jones, zero. Tyler Higby, Kendrick Bourne. The Bucks defense gave me 18. And Jake Moody <laughs> gave me 14 points. So of now course. me, the, the vampire who wasn't allowed to draft a team, I just had to pick up random people. I am one and one. So remember, guys, when I get to win, when and you know it's gonna be me and it's just our team now, Tom, since we're on this pod together. We got to steal uh one player. So Tom, tell me what you would do real quick. He had Saquon Barkley, who we know is banged up, Brees Hall, Calvin Ridley, Chris Olave. Who would you steal? What uh, what's your current roster? Uh I have Zach Moss and Kyron Williams at running back. My wide receivers are Nico Collins and then trash. Uh, Tyler Higby, a tight end to a oh Olave, no doubt. Okay, that's what I did. I was considering Ridley, but I stole Chris Olave. And projection for this week, Tom, they come a long way from our week 180 projection. 108 for me. My opponent projected 114. So we will see. Maybe I'm two and one next week. We'll make a little run. But Tom, a little bit longer of a show today, but lots of injuries. We covered a lot of stuff. Had a special guest. Thank you, Tom. You are the band. You're the best. Give him a follow at Fantasy Injury T. But uh, Tom, thank you, man. Thank you, Joe. Let's uh, let's have a good week. Let's do it, man. And always appreciate having you guys here. Remember, to make sure to visit FantasyInjuryTeam.com for some more awesome to- uh, content. Have a phenomenal week. We are the Fantasy Injury Team, and we'll see you next time.